welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's jealous of Trevor Lawrence's hair. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who's a seminal part of this podcast. Okay, thanks, Mike. That's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, who's in my wolf pack. All right, I'll take it. That's <laughs> Trey Newman. Did you guys get that? Seminoles and wolf pack? Yeah, there you go. All right, today <laughs> we are previewing the ACC Atlantic. But before we get into that, we got a new review on Apple Podcasts, which was, it was a really good review. It was. It was from WMC25. And it's too long to read the whole thing, but Ryan, you promised a British accent. Uh-oh. So why don't you read at least a small portion of it? Okay, we'll do, Michael. Uh, This is a podcast that blends three brothers' personalities and relationships incredibly well. You can tell they enjoy being around one another. Well, apparently he doesn't know us at all. We hate each other. But he goes on to say, we enjoy being with each other and our humor and banter is good. I promise, I promise if you give these guys a listen, you will enjoy what they have to say, even if you disagree. Well done. Well done. I can't, it actually, I can't tell if it's really good or really bad, but I'm going really good. Why not? I think it's really good. Thank you. All right. Yeah. All right. I, I didn't practice, but uh, maybe that, who knows? <laughs> uh, so we had one more request from Paul at DonHo24 on Twitter, and he said he enjoyed our Big Ten West episode, but requested a few words, also in a British accent. Uh, he wanted a few words put into one sentence. So, Ryan, do you have that? Um, I should do, Michael. Would you, I'll start right now. Uh, one issue on the schedule for the ACC Atlantic is that Clemson seems to have the division wrapped up in aluminium foil. <laughs> All right. So, wow. bravo. Yeah, very well done, Ryan, I, I think. Okay, thank you. Didn't right. know you had that in you. Well done. <laughs> There's probably British people listening that are just cringing right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's get started. Let's get into some football, and we will start with fact or fiction. I'll go first. Fact or fiction, Kelly Bryant, if healthy, will start all 12 games at quarterback. Fact. I mean, Kelly Bryant did lead them to the playoff after all. He did. He got injured in their lone loss during the regular season to Syracuse, so he's he's clearly impactful. Yeah, his, his ceiling or upside maybe isn't as high as incoming Trevor Lawrence, but he's also not a true freshman. So one thing I, I read about that was pretty interesting was, according to Pro Football Focus, Bryant had the ACC's highest adjusted completion percentage of 74% last year. So he's no slouch even in the passing game. We also know he can run, so he he has that element that uh, that will take him over Lawrence. And, and Bryant's not going to be asked to do too much since we know the defense is going to be nasty. So he just need consistent play and clean play, and he can provide that. Yeah, I agree with you, Trey. I'm going to say this is fact as well um, because of the wording of the question. If I mean... It says start all 12 games. So I think he'll start all 12 games, but I do think Trevor Lawrence will see action at some point throughout the year, whether or not Kelly Bryant may struggle in a series or two, then maybe Lawrence will get his opportunity. But they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot, obviously, the entire year. So I don't think they're going to want to, I don't know, start a true freshman at quarterback, regardless of how talented he is and mess with that. So I'm going to say it's a, it's a fact, even though Lawrence will see some snaps. Yeah, it's a clean sweep. I'm going fact as well. Um, I think I think Bryant's underrated. If you look at uh, bringing another, we got Pro Football Focus. Now I'm going to bring in another nerdy thing. QBR. He was ranked ahead of Will Greer and Drew Locke in that stat last year. Shut up, nerd. 
I know. Sorry. Sorry. But, uh, but you know, of course, because of the value his rushing yards bring. So I agree. That's a fact. Okay. Uh, fact or, or fiction? Syracuse. Are you, will sure? Be the- Are you sure about that? I was a little, I was questioning myself a little bit on that one. <laughs> Do you forget what game we were playing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did, actually. <laughs> um, Syracuse will be the only team in the Atlantic not to make a bowl game. I'm going to say fact. Wake Forest is the team that I have the most questions on other than, than Syracuse, but I still think that they could they could squeak out six wins. I think after Clemson, the Atlantic is full of teams that are that are solid but not great. Okay, I'm I'm actually going to go fiction, uh, and the reason for this is there's two ways I can win. Either Syracuse makes a bowl game, which is actually a slight favorite uh, according to the betting odds, or any of those other teams in that mix, uh, kind of in that jumble in the middle. One of them's probably going to underperform, and so maybe one of them goes five and seven and just misses out. Yeah, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you, Mike, and say fiction. I don't think Syracuse will make it, but then one of those four, BC, Louisville, NC State, or Wake, one of those guys has got to disappoint and have a little bit of a down year. So I'm going to say fiction. Okay, fine. Be that way, guys. (laughs) Fact or fiction, A.J. Dillon is the top Heisman candidate in the Atlantic division. I'm going to say fact. Um, He got off to a little bit of a slow start last season, of course, because he was a freshman and, and wasn't the starter, but... In the last seven games, he averaged 180 yards per game. So he's got a great chance at 2,000 this year. And I just don't see a clear candidate from, you know, from the top team, Clemson. I mean, I, I'm going to say fiction on this one, even, even though I think BC will be an improved team. I just don't see how they're going to be able to win enough games for A.J. Dillon to get serious consideration. Um, so I, I think it's got to be someone from a, one of the top teams, and I'm going to go with Clemson and Kelly Bryant. I mean, he's the quarterback for yeah. arguably the best team in the nation. Um, I don't, and I think you got to think he's more of a favorite than Dylan just because of that. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Ryan. I'm going to say fiction as well. You know, he he's awesome and fun to watch, but but you know, like you said, come November, he's probably not going to be playing in very you know meaningful impact games. I might actually, here's a dark horse. I'm going to lean towards a guy like Cam Akers at Florida State. No, yeah, that's probably the other logical logical choice in the division. Yeah. Willie, Willie Taggart, he, he has a track record of, of productive backs. He had Marlon Mack at USF, Royce Freeman at Oregon. So Bobby Rainey, Western, Western Kentucky. There you go. So I think, uh, I think Akers might take a, a giant step forward in his sophomore year, and, and they might be playing some more meaningful games late in the season. All right, it is time to get to our tiered rankings and over-under picks for the division, and we will start with the contenders. Our first contender is Clemson, and their over-under is set at 11. The over is a slight favorite at minus 120. So I know every preview with Clemson starts with the D-line, and I'm not going to spend too much time on it because we all know it's going to be incredible. One of the most talked about position units that I can remember for potential first round draft picks. Let me name all four of them and then their backups and talk for another 20 minutes about them. Is that okay, guys, with you? Please. Uh, yeah, that's what I would appreciate. Uh, yeah. Okay, absolutely. Um, no, but the only question on the defense, and it's it's a very small question, is depth in the secondary. When your only question is depth, that's a that's a pretty darn good group. So I think it's the best defense in the country. And then offensively, we already talked about the the quarterback battle. Um, I think Kelly Bryant will start the season, but who knows? Maybe at some point Trevor Lawrence takes over. Whoever is quarterback, they've got a solid offensive line. They've got a really good group of running backs, Travis Etienne and Tavian Feaster. 
the receiving core did suffer some losses. Deion Kane and Ray Ray McLeod are gone, but Hunter Renfro, as always, is still there. T. Higgins should probably have a breakout year. So I just don't see really any weaknesses on this team. And because of that, it's hard for me to find two losses. I'm going over. Wow. Okay. Wow. So you're saying they go undefeated. I mean, I, I'm saying that 12 and 0 is more likely than 10 and 2. All right. And 11 and 1 is probably more likely than all of them. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to disagree and I'm going to go under on Clemson this year. All I need is for them to slip up in one game and I at least push. Um, I just, the expectations on them are so high that maybe it's going to be a little bit difficult for them to live up to it. Um, plus, bringing in Trevor Lawrence might cause a little bit, somewhat of a QB controversy there, um, just considering how good he is. But um, I, I just think it's so Yeah, hard. that didn't work out for Alabama last year, did it? <laughs> well, <laughs> Alabama's Alabama. Yeah. Uh, but Clemson sometimes loses some head-scratching games, and especially in the last two years. We've seen it. Um, a couple years ago, they lost to Pitt at home. And then last year, they lost to Syracuse inexplicably. So I just think there's going to be one of those games, maybe two, where they just, for some reason, they just lose. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of on your page, Ryan. But when you look at Clemson, they're now in that territory where it's it's a disappointing season if they don't make the playoff or contend for that national title. And they they do have to replace seven guys on both sides of the, the ball, but they're so deep and talented now that they can just you know, replace depth with more depth. It's really becoming not an issue for them with the way that they're recruiting. And Michael, you touched on maybe the back end of the the defense, maybe being kind of the more the weakest link, if you will. But I think their D line is just going to make that that back end look real so much better. Yeah. And Isaiah Isaiah Simmons is a name to watch at safety and linebacker spot. He's he's a force. He's fun to watch. So I think they're going to win the Atlantic. But I'm going to take the under as well, just because it's a lot to to win 12 games, and even with that that amazing line, they have a lot to replace and and have some losable games. So I'm I'm going under. All right, Trey, we uh, we actually have a second contender here. You could easily put them as a dark horse, but uh, decide to slot them in up here. Who's that? The Florida State Seminoles. Their over under sits at eight, with the over being a slight favorite at minus one twenty. Now Willie Taggart inherits a very talented but fairly raw team here he's got Francois and Blackman who are battling it out and I'm I'm really curious to see which way Taggart leans at the quarterback spot there you know Francois of course was great two years ago before he got injured last year and then Blackman showed flashes in his rookie campaign last season either guy though they're they have some help Cam Akers at running back I think he's due for a big year like I mentioned earlier Nyquan Murray is a great receiver for either quarterback to end up throwing to. Now, defensively, it's going to be a bit of an overhaul as they lose their coordinator and eight starters, including, you know, top draft pick Derwin James. But they are littered with young talent, so they could still be really scary if they, if they mesh early and often. Since, since they're replacing a lot of talent, have a new staff and scheme, I'm going to lean under on Florida State, though. All right. Um, I remember a month or two ago, we talked about this QB battle in our podcast, and all three of us seemed to be in consensus that we they it was going to be James Blackman uh, leading the way, just the way he finished last year. Um, and so I, I, I think nothing's changed my mind up to this point. I think James Blackman will still be the guy. But Ryan, DeAndre Francois added 15 pounds of muscle. That's That doesn't impact your decision? I mean, hey, Blackman was listed at 169 last year, and he was he played really <laughs> well at the end of the year. So... Who knows? <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I, I mean, the offense is going to be great. They return four guys uh, on the offensive line, which is huge. Um, and if they're able to pick up Willie Taggart's system quickly, it should be pretty good. Um, yeah, their defense loses a lot, but they had so much with all that talent last year. I don't know. They I, they disappointed. They I thought they were going to be better. So maybe losing the coordinator and more of a youth movement isn't the worst thing in the world for them, especially since it's so much talent still there. Um, I like their D-line. Uh, Brian Burns is back. Um, I think sophomore uh, defensive end Joshua Kando. I think he's going to have a breakout year, monster year. And then they have some. Ex- they have four senior tackles on that D-line. So that's going to be good. Back end's young, uh, but they do have a sophomore corner in Stanford Samuels. He's a, he's a stud. I think he's going to be a potential first-round type talent. Um, they do have a tough schedule, but I'm going to take, take the over on Florida State, actually. Okay. Um, I, uh, Ryan, am not quite as sure that James Blackman is going to be the starter. I know a couple months ago that's what I was saying, but that was during the, the when Francois was going through his off-the-field issues. And I don't know, just the more I look back at Francois' stats compared to Blackman's last year, Francois had a much better year, I think, his his first year. I mean, year. different circumstances, different team around him. But True. Yeah. but rem- And remember how Francois was just like a rag doll? And he was still yeah, good. He, he took some. He took yeah. some punishment. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He he took a lot of sacks. Well, that's the thing is is the last two years. I mean, Blackman took a lot of sacks as well. So that's that's kind of just an issue. I don't know if it's with the quarterbacks or with pass protection on the offensive line, but that does need to get better. Especially with on the offensive line, they lost Josh Ball. He was the project, projected starting right tackle. Yeah. And he got kicked kicked off the team. So that's a concern for me. And, you know, it's just with, with Willie Taggart, I think it might take him a, a couple years. At Western Kentucky and USF, it took till, you know, year two or three until things really started progressing. So I'm going to go under. But it's time for our dark horses. And Ryan, who is our first dark horse? Uh, the BC Eagles, Boston College. Their win total is set at six and a half right now with the over the heavy favorite at minus 165. Um, you know, it's not hard wants you to take a closer look at BC to figure out that this should be an improved team. When they were at their best towards the end of last year, they had a freshman QB in Anthony Brown, a freshman running back in AJ Dillon, and their best receiver, Kobe White, was also a freshman. Um, so in addition to these guys, not only uh, does the offensive line return all five starters from last year, but they also get two other guys back from injury who used to be starters. So they have a combined 138 career starts up front, which is just an astronomical numbers so that should pay huge dividends for them uh defense wasn't bad last year They're, they had some good moments and i expect them to be about the same they do lose harold landry that's uh, he's a tennessee titan now so that hurts um but they do gain a player back connor strahan um he was back at linebacker and um he was injured so that'll be that'll be a big help um other than that they return a lot so i like bc i'm gonna say they go over yeah, I, I love this team as well. Um, I'm saying they go over. I'm saying they go eight and four. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all either. One thing that that is unfortunate is that because uh, obviously Anthony Brown struggled last year through the air, um, so it sucks that hit the injury that he suffered has has kept him out of spring practice. So he could could have gotten a lot better going to this season. Yeah, because I think his progress might be the key for this team. Uh, I, I'm I'm comfortable really with with everywhere else on the team. Um, love the offensive line, like you mentioned, Ryan. The defense, like the D line with Zach Allen, secondary strong, headed up by by Lucas Dennis at safety. So love the team. Just some question marks about the quarterback's throwing ability. But you would think going from a freshman to sophomore year, there's going to be some jump forward there. 
Um, if if Boston College didn't draw Miami and Virginia Tech from the coastal, they'd be a more realistic team to yeah. you know really have a huge breakout season. But I, I still like them over. Yeah, I think we're clean sweep on on BC. Steve Adazio looks like he might finally be onto something on on Chestnut Hill out there. There's there's a lot to like. They they finished the year winning five of six, and we we talk about the quarterbacks and uh, quarterback play, and you have to think that AJ Dillon's presence though is going to help open up the pass game a little bit, which you know because that's obviously been comically bad in in recent history there. Yeah, but uh, defensively, I love their linebackers. They should be solid. So I say they're going to go over even even though they do have that miserable stretch run of Miami, Virginia Tech, Clemson, and Florida State kind of back to back to back. But I think they're going to knock one of those guys off and, and go over the total. Yeah, and that's you know that's reflected in their win total. It's only six and a half. So yeah, you know. yeah. All right, well let's move on to our next dark horse, and it is Louisville. Their season win total is set at seven. The under is a minus one thirty favorite. I'm I'm high on Louisville this year though. They do. Lose, of course, their best quarterback and running back in Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but Petrino, he he always has good quarterback play, and so I'm sure sophomore Jawan Pass will be great. He's got a great name, so fantastic name. How can he fail? Yeah, and he's going to be surrounded by a great offense. the The O line returns four starters, so they should take another step forward. The receiving core is maybe the best in the ACC. They they bring their top three receivers back: Jalen Smith, Des Fitzpatrick and Seth Dawkins so yep those guys are good yeah there's there's a lot of talent around him the defense is another story wasn't very good last year and they lost nine starters so man I don't have a lot of trust on that side of the ball but I'm counting on the offense to carry the team to an over um with that plus 110 money line yeah I'm I'm in agreement with you Mike uh I like Jawan Pass we we saw him a little bit last year he's in the times that we did see him, he was good. He was effective. Um, he's more of a traditional drop drop back passer than Lamar. I mean, pretty much everybody is compared to Lamar, but <laughs> uh, but pass does have some some legs. He can he can scramble a little bit, so that that's going to help. Um, you know, their defense was bad last year. You know, and they they lost Todd Grantham, their defensive coordinator, after the 2016 season, and so maybe without him under a new coordinator, that. That was kind of a maybe a little bit of an explanation as to why they struggled. Yeah, Peter Sermon did not acquit himself well last year. No, not at all. But and they're bringing in another new defensive coordinator this year, and Brian Van Gorder, who you know used to be at Notre Dame back in the day, and they're bringing in a lot of JUCOs and transfers to try and help bolster that defense. So I mean, it shouldn't get any worse. I mean, at least you'd think. So I'm counting on Petrino to figure it out, and uh, I'm gonna take the over here as well. I'm with you guys again. I just I don't think the the offense will take as big of a step back as some some are thinking, just because of I trust Bobby Petrino uh, on offense. And yeah, like you said, Ryan, mixing in a lot of those transfers and JUCOs, it might take a, a little while to to spark the defense, but you know it can really only improve. Their schedule somewhat manageable, so I'm going to buy low on on Louisville and go over. Okay, let's get to our next dark horse. Who's that, Trey? All right, we're going to go NC State. They're over-unders at 7.5, with the under being the favorite at minus 130. So is this the year NC State breaks through? No, probably not. They really underachieved last year, you know, with all that talent, with Finley, Chubb, and, and, you know, the rest of the crew. And so they have to replace seven draft picks. But Dave Doran, he's starting to recruit well too, so there's some hope for the Wolfpack at least in the in the near future. 
Ryan Finley, he could have a big year at quarterback. He has his top five wideouts returning, so the offense should be pretty electric. A guy that I think is going to break out to be a star this year is Kelvin Harmon. He's a slot receiver slash back slash wideout. He kind of does it all. Like Jalen Samuels. He had 69 catches. Nice. Nice. And he should be improved this year. Now, defensively, they're going to rely on more of a youth movement, and they also have a few JUCOs to replace the the talent that departed. So last year with those high expectations, especially on defense, they underachieved dramatically. But I don't see too much of a dip this year from from where they were. But it's you know it's not going to be it's not going to be a top ten defense or anything. But again, I'm going to buy low on NC State and say they go over. Their schedule is very favorable for an Atlantic team. So I, I do like the offense. There's nothing not to like about it. Ryan Finley is great. Three very good starters returning on the O line and. You mentioned the receiving core, Trey. Offense is, is going to be very good, and it's going to have to be because it needs to carry this defense. I'm I'm very low on the defense with Bradley Chubb, BJ Hill, Justin Jones, and Contavious Street. Four defensive linemen drafted. Yeah. That is going to be brutal to replace. There's big question marks in the secondary, especially at corner. So I just think with that defense, eight wins is asking a little bit too much. So I'll go under. Yeah, I, I agree with you here, Mike. I'm going to go under on NC State. You would think, you know, last year with all the talent that they had, especially on defense, that they would have been they, this. That was supposed to be their year. They were supposed to be really good, and they just weren't. They went nine and four, lost a, lost a couple of disappointing games, and their their defense wasn't as good as you would have thought. They with that great D line, they weren't good at, at stopping the run. They were 44th against the run, which was just kind of inexplicable. And so losing all those guys, I don't see how. They're going to make an improvement on this year. So I got to agree with you, Mike, and, and take the under. I'm not that confident on the Wolfpack. Okay, that brings us to our final dark horse in the Atlantic. Ryan, who's that? That's Wake Forest. Uh, their win total is being set at six and a half, and the under is the slight favorite. They're at minus 120. I don't think Dave Clawson gets enough respect for how good of a coach he is. He's rebuilt four different programs from Fordham, Richmond, Bowling Green, and now Wake. So if I'm a big-time program looking for a new coach after this year, I mean, Dave Clausens would be on my short list. Um, they went 8-5 and five last year, and I honestly expect a, a very similar year for them this year. They, they do lose uh, starting QB John Wolford. Uh, that hurts. And his most likely replacement, Kendall Hinton, he's a suspended for the first three games, so that's a big negative. Yeah. But the good news is they're starting running back and entire offensive line come back. So whoever the QB is... I think it's going to be Jamie Newman for the first few games. Newman. He's going to have some talent to lean on. Any relation? Yeah, yeah. He's our he's our uh, youngest brother. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. Um, defensively, I think they're going to be solid once again. They do lose four guys up front, um, in the front seven, I should say. But they still have Zeke Rodney at D-tackle, and he's a good piece to build around. Um, but if the front seven takes gets down uh, takes a little bit of a step back uh, i think that's going to be offset by the improvement in the secondary they get a lot of experience back there um so I, i'm gonna i'm a believer in dave clausen and i'm gonna go over on wake yeah i i, I love coach clausen but i'm just not as high on wake this year uh at least as much as you are they they on offense though they they have greg dorch who's a solid weapon at wide receiver Matt Coburn returns. He emerged late at, at running back. He averaged 6.1 yards per pop in the last few games. Like you said, Ryan, they lose a, a lot of production in the front seven, which to me is my least favorite thing in a team. Even though they do have some experience in the secondary, if you can't stop them up front, it's really it's a lot more difficult to be impactful on the back end. 
This is a hard team for me to predict for the for this particular over under, but I'm going to say under though, as I just don't trust the the defensive line and linebacking core right now. Okay, I'm I'm going to go over. Um, I think last year the O line was the biggest reason for their their sudden offensive explosion because mostly I I just have to rely on that because I refuse to believe yep. that John Wolford suddenly went from god awful for three years to great in one year just all by himself yeah exactly um he's got if you look at his like go check his stats page right now if you're listening it's insane it was unreal he was terrible for three years awake had i think the second most efficient passing game in the country last year yeah he played like an all-american and he was a good runner too like it was amazing what he did in his senior year if this was baseball i would say he was on steroids last year (laughs) uh maybe it wasn't him maybe it was somebody else oh that now stay oh we're we're woke forest right now guys (laughs) um maybe it was like aaron Rodgers or something it's possible but anyway my point is credit to the o-line and they're back again so maybe they can carry these quarterbacks to a good year um, and the schedule is kind. They avoid Miami and Virginia Tech from the coastal. So I'm going to go over. Let's get to our long shots now. Our only long shot is Syracuse. And their over-under is at five and a half. The over is a minus 120 favorite. This was a tough one for me. Um, I think the offense should definitely be improved. Hopefully, Eric Dungy, the star quarterback, can stay healthy for a full season. Something he hasn't really been able to do. Um, and the offensive line should be much better. Three starters come back. And actually, they also bring back a guy who was hurt all of last year, one of their better linemen, Aaron Roberts. And they also have another addition, a grad transfer, Coda Martin, who is actually Dino Baber's son-in-law. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, maybe just using a little bit of connections to get that starting tackle job. Um, But he came from A&M and and he played played there. So that's a big addition. Uh, The defense was, was not very good and probably will be bad again this year, but... Getting Pitt and North Carolina uh, from the coastal leads me to an over for Syracuse. Okay, uh, I, this was a. I agree. This was this was a tough one. I I kind of leaned under. You know, even though Eric Dungy, he's even who's been there forever, he he's going to be solid. I, I like the the addition of the transfer on the O line. They do have some stability. And but it's important because Syracuse was horrendous running last season, so that should at least improve a little bit to help Dungy out a bit more. The defense, though, they return very little. I think it's really going to struggle this season. I'm just not seeing them go over the total, and Dino Babers is going to find himself on the hot seat. Yeah, I agree with you, Trey. I'm going to go under on Syracuse. I mean, I do like Dungy, and I do like that offensive line, sort of. Um, But something you guys didn't mention is they lose by far their two best receivers who caught more than half of the balls last year in Steve Ismail and Irvin Phillips. Those guys were really, really good and made Syracuse offenses pretty explosive last year. So losing those two guys is just going to kill. So the defense is going to be bad. They lose a lot in the back seven. D-line's not bad. They return most of those guys, but I just think people are going to be able to pass all over the orange. And uh, I just don't trust Dungy to stay healthy. I just don't, I mean, until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. So I'm going under. Okay, speaking of uh, Dino Babers potentially getting on the hot seat, it is Ryan's turn to be on the hot seat for this episode. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. All right, Ryan, who will have the best offense in the Atlantic? You know, I think this has to be Clemson, uh, the best team in the division. They bring back so much from last year. They, you know, Kelly Bryant, Travis Etienne, 
is going to have a huge year. Um, All-American left tackle, Mitch Hyatt came back. They got an all-conference center and Justin Falcinelli and two other starters up front are back. So I I don't see how they're not going to take another step forward this year. Michael, you mentioned T. Higgins already. I think he's going to have a breakout year at wideout. And they just have so much talent, more than any other team in that division. So I got to stick with Clemson here. Who will be the breakout player in the division? You know, we actually already mentioned him, um, but I'm going to say it's Jawan Pass, Louisville's quarterback. I think people are expecting a huge drop-off at QB for Louisville just because of Lamar Jackson, but Petrino knows how to get the most out of that position, and I think Jawan Pass will put up some really good numbers this year, and his name will get thrown around for all ACC honors at the end of the year. True or false, Willie Taggart will be seen as a top 10 coach in college football in five years. I'm going to say true on this one. I think he'll get Florida State back to being a a top 10 team year in and year out. I mean, he did a phenomenal job at his previous stops, Western Kentucky, South Florida, and he was getting Oregon back on track. Um, You know, he's only there for one year, but I think things were moving in the right direction for sure. Um, And now he's got all that talent in his backyard. So I think he's going to do a great job at FSU and take them to at least one playoff in the next five years. So I say that's that's a true. Okay, last question. What will be more talked about this year? Trevor Lawrence's arm or Trevor Lawrence's hair? Uh, I'm going to say his hair. Yeah. (laughs) I I feel like announcers are going to bring that up quite frequently, you know? And maybe college football podcasters too? Yeah, particularly you. You like the the long long hair. (laughs) Who doesn't, man? Come on. Yeah, right? (laughs) All right. Well, well done, Ryan. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Let's close out the podcast with a questionable finish. Clemson's football facility has become well-known for its slide. What gimmicky addition would you put in your school's facility to attract recruits? Papa Shot. Everyone loves Papa Shot, (laughs) and I think it would bring camaraderie and competition to the facility. All right, I like it. I'm putting in a bowling alley. And every week during the season, we're going to change up the pins and put the opposing team's colors and, and logo on those pins. Oh, man. That, you took mine, Mike. I was going to say a bowling alley. I should have known that's what you would have said. You love bowling. Of course, man. I should I knew it. I should have been prepared for that. My bad. <laughs> All right. As we mentioned earlier, Louisville has a quarterback who is aptly named Pass. Which player had the most appropriate name for his position in college football history? Okay. Um, I'm going to go back to a wide receiver for Marshall about 10 years ago. His name was Darius Passmore. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. Yeah, so <laughs> wide receiver wants to pass more. <laughs> okay, I'm not going back very far. I'm going to former Alabama and Arkansas State defensive lineman named D-Liner. Yep. Yeah, no, that's a good a one. A D-Lineman named D-Liner. I mean, that's it's insane. That was a good one. This kind of reminds me of that, that Key and Peele sketch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I, I three kind of came to mind. Well, one couple came to mind, and then I looked up another one. And Ryan, one of them was that Darius Passmore. That that's a great name. Yeah, I thought you know Golden Tate at Notre Dame. That's pretty good. The Golden Dome, whatnot. Yeah. There was also a kicker. There was a kicker for Southern Miss a few years back named Britt Barefoot. <laughs> yeah. Did he kick barefoot? Well, that would no, be he didn't. But like some of those guys back in the day did. He should have. Yeah. Also, I want to take any opportunity to mention Jake Butt. Yeah. I know. Butt I for a tight end. That. All right. We are now two years removed from Wakey Leaks. Name a time when you shared a secret that you probably shouldn't have. 
And I'll go first. Mine was when it was actually on a podcast. I told everyone that that tray still wets the bed. Mm. Oh, mm. yeah. Shoot. I knew that was Shoot. coming. There was going to be some zinger towards me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Didn't know it was going to be the bed wetting, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's all right. No, I uh, I had one where kind of a a friend of a friend told us about that she was she was pregnant. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to really tell anyone. I didn't really hear the fact that it was supposed to be a uh, secret. Yeah, a week or two later, I ended up telling some family members that had no idea. So that wasn't my finest Ooh, moment. That that could be bad. That's that's a tough one. Um, I guess mine isn't so much a secret, although I wish it. I wish it was. Um, I regret saying it. Um, when we were younger, we were um, we did, we had just moved to San Diego actually, and. As a family, we went and toured like a, a golf club, a country club, and just to see my parents wanted to join it. And so they toured us all around the golf course. And after we were done, the, the lady that was giving us the tour asked us three boys, like, hey, what did you guys think? And, you know, Trey and Michael went first. They said stuff just about the golf course. And I wanted to try to be different. So instead I said, uh, I said, oh, yeah, it was great. There's a lot of beautiful plants. And uh, <laughs> I have not lived that comment down for the last 15 years. Yeah, it's kind of a had-to-be-there moment, but uh, yeah. it's it's a great Newman family moment. It definitely is. Gets brought up a lot. <laughs> All right, well, that'll do it for our ACC Atlantic preview. Be sure to subscribe in your podcast app so that you get our ACC Coastal and Championship episode in a couple days. Um, thanks for listening, and enjoy the beautiful plants out there. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs> You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening. 